All right, so we're just going to jump right into this. This is a crossover episode, so it's uh, two lessons learned, and it's also for Teton CrossFit, and Kira's here, and uh, she doesn't even know what she's doing here. <laughs> I'm just going to listen and learn. She she came down to, uh, or she came to the gym to walk, because she said that she ate a lot for breakfast, <laughs> and I said, no, you should run up and, and do a podcast with me. So, uh, this is going to be a fun crossover episode, just one for, for both channels, for Teton CrossFit members and coaches, and then also for two lessons learned. Uh, so last weekend I had the just great opportunity to go down to Las Vegas and go to Biggs University, which was, uh, uh, just a one day seminar. I honestly, uh, we'll just, we'll give a, an honest review of it. I think it's a seminar that could probably be broken into two or three or four days, um, just cause there's so much information, um, that being said, I'm not taking, not, not taking anything away from it. We definitely learned a lot. Um, I guess starting out, do you have any questions? Like what would your questions be? I'm kind of curious, like you came home and, um, sometimes you skip breakfast, sometimes you, I don't, but you, you had eggs for breakfast this morning. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious what motivations you have after going to that seminar. Yeah. Yeah. That one, that's a really good question. <clears throat> so here's, what's crazy. Um, a little bit of background on Stan Efforting, um, and I don't know a lot on Ben Pollock, and I actually don't know a lot on Stan, but uh, Stan's been in the industry for a long, long time. I think he's in his mid-50s. Um, he's the world's strongest bodybuilder, so he's been not just dubbed that, but like he is that. He he had world record powerlifting numbers while he was an IFBB pro bodybuilder. So pretty impressive because a lot of times, um, and, and everyone needs to know, like I, I don't take anything away from anybody. A lot of times bodybuilders are really big, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're really strong. So for someone like Stan that is really strong and really big and cut, it's pretty impressive. So, you know, he's got all these years, if he's in his fifties and he started this, you know, when he's 16, 17, that's a lot of years that he's got put into this. And uh, we learned a lot. But what I would say is coming out of it, the motivation is the most basic things that we do are the most important. So, <clears throat> and this translates right over to CrossFit. On the hierarchy of needs, the, the pyramid, mm-hmm. what's the very, very bottom thing? Do you remember? It's nutrition. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You're good. It's nutrition. Well, it's funny because why does that matter? Well, it matters because that's the building blocks of everything that we do in fitness. So Stan has come up with uh, what's called the vertical diet. And there's just certain things every single day that people hit that's horizontal. So every single day people need a carrot. They need uh, an orange. They need some spinach. Um, we also need some protein and some carbohydrate and that's where more the vertical part comes in. So if you're wanting to lose body fat, then you're going to increase your protein and, uh, decrease some carbohydrate. You'll, you'll eat like a potato or a sweet potato, but if you're going to gain, then you're going to add more protein and you're going to add rice into that. And so our body has mechanisms to hold fat and our body has mechanisms to hold carbohydrates, but it does not have mechanisms to hold protein. So you've noticed me over the last little while, I just really haven't eaten breakfast Mm -hmm. because I've been more intermittent fasting. 
But if I want to lose body fat and hold on to as much muscle as possible, I still need to be in a caloric deficit throughout the day, meaning eating less than I'm burning. But I do need to make sure that I'm eating enough protein throughout the day that that protein can get broken down into the, into the amino acids uh, so that they can be the building blocks to go in and repair the muscles that I've broken down throughout the day. Okay. So that was the motivation to eat eggs this morning. So I had <laughs> um, 40 grams of protein and a couple eggs. Eggs are just highly micronutrient dense. Uh, people think of eggs as a protein food. They're not. I mean, they are, but they're a fat and protein food. There's a lot of fat in it. So if you're going to get a lot of protein out of eggs, you should probably add egg whites into it as well because there's really no no carbohydrate in the white part. It's just very protein dense. And uh, I believe that white, the white part of the egg is one of the most bioavailable proteins that we can eat. So we actually absorb like 93% of egg white protein. That's cool. Yeah, good thing to always have in your fridge. Yeah. Yeah, egg whites, for sure. Cool. So <clears throat> the day started out, uh, we went to Stan's house, and he's just such a genuine guy. Like, you know, you'd think a seminar like this, you'd rent out a place, you don't want anyone to know where you live, <laughs> you, you know, it's just all secret or, or whatever. No, he's like, hey, this is where I live, come, come into my house. All right, here's my house, here's my son, here's my wife. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit. Let's go into my kitchen. He cooks us breakfast, um, kind of cooked us breakfast. He he runs a meal company called the Vertical Vertical Meals. So he microwaved us a whole bunch of meals. <laughs> but then he made himself his lunch um, and showed us some different ways to make that quick and easy. So he'll say compliance is the science, and it really it really is. He. Some people don't like this, but, you know, he gives an example of a guy who just ate McDonald's for 30 days and ended up losing a lot of, a, a lot of body fat. And in doing so, all of his blood markers got better. Well, no one wants to hear that you can eat the McDonald's diet. No dietitian wants to hear that you can eat the McDonald's diet and, and get healthier. But the truth is you just need to lose body fat. The losing body fat part is where a lot of the, the health benefits come from. <clears throat> now... There's a much better way of doing that, and that's eating whole foods. But you have to be compliant in eating those foods and the certain ratios at certain times over a long period of time. That's where the gains come from. Okay. And the McDonald's thing, I mean, there's a lot on the menu, obviously. He's probably not eating fries and a Big Mac every day. Like, I'm yeah, curious. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's they true. have salads. They have... Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I'm not okay. sure. I, at least in this case, over a 30-day period, all you would need to do is eat in a caloric deficit and you will lose weight. Okay. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's sustainable over a long period of time, but it could be done. Mm -hmm. Not advisable. What's advisable <laughs> is the vertical diet. Yeah. So spinach, <laughs> eggs, carrots, um, cranberry juice, but pure cranberry juice, uh, iodized salt, so we don't get a lot of iodine in our diet anymore. And then, you know, there's this big push on like, oh, do real salts, like the Mediterranean salts and the sea salts. And that's great. But if we can use some iodized salt, we'll actually get some iodine in and that helps run our thyroid a little bit. Okay. So use iodized salt. And salt's demonized, but it doesn't need to be. So what does a, a meal look like then with the vertical diet? Yeah. Any combination of those foods. Um, 
in the macronutrient profile that you're looking for. So uh, he did talk about how there's three different ways to make sure that you're eating hypocalorically, eating less food than you're burning. One is time restriction. So that's going to be like intermittent fasting, uh, which is a very good strategy for a lot of people. They just have a certain window that they can eat, and you can only eat so much in that window, so therefore you are going to eat hypocalorically. The next one is um, food restriction. So only letting yourself eat certain types of foods or uh, getting rid of certain types of foods. And then the other one is, um, yeah, what is the other one? <laughs> oh, it's uh, macros. So counting your macros, knowing how much protein, fat, and carbohydrate that you'll be taking in in each meal. <clears throat> if we were to get completely optimal on all of this, you can hop online and you can go and find pretty much any macronutrient calculator out there. So you'll go in and I would put, I'm 35 and I'm 195 pounds and my goal is to lose weight and this is my activity level and this is how much I work out in a day. And then it will spit you something out. And I can almost guarantee you it's going to spit me out if I want to lose body fat, 2,500 calories a day is what I should be shooting for depending on my activity level. Well, then you design those meals around that. Four meals a day is optimal because you're getting that protein throughout the entire day. Like I said, we don't have a way of storing protein, so we need to be getting it throughout the day. So that meal might look like an egg, some egg whites, some sweet potatoes, some spinach, some ground beef, something along those lines, a little bit of cheese all mixed up together. He loves something called monster mash. That's kind of his, his thing. So as he was microwaving meals for us, he was cooking himself lunch and he had a timed rice cooker because rice takes a little while. So what he'll do is he'll put a timer on it. And I don't know, it's like an hour before he wakes up or something, it'll start to cook the rice. And then he has a Ninja, um, air fryer. And we now do too, because I, I do what Stan Efforting says. Um, so it's a double air fryer mm -hmm. and, um, he took some ground beef, but you can also do a steak. You mm -hmm. throw it in there. Um, we'll have to look up the time, but it was either nine or 19 minutes and boom, you just have this perfect ground beef or steak. So it's weird to cook steak in an air fryer, but apparently it tastes sweet. Apparently it tastes <laughs> great. Um, so that's it as far as nutrition goes, but what you would do, and then I guess going further off of that, what you would do is, so, okay, I'm at 2,500. This is where the patience comes in. We are American, and so we want things now, now, now. Well, what needs to happen is I give that a week, and I'm compliant with that for a week, and I get on the scale. And I go, well, I was 195, now I'm 194. Looks like I'm headed in a good direction. Do that again, do that again. You know, four weeks later, step on the scale, maybe a week I plateaued. Okay, well, let's just cut hundred calories back. Let's cut back a little bit and that's okay. And then you're going to cut back, but it takes time. Mm -hmm. And the time is the important part. Uh, for gainers, people that are trying to gain muscle, same thing. You got to eat, like get that baseline. Now that baseline for me wouldn't be 2,500. It'd probably be like 3,200 because I'm trying to gain. Well, if I'm just maintaining, then I've got to add some calories. Adding the calories is going to be adding that protein. It's going to be adding, um, rice mm -hmm. for the carbohydrate nice i put rice in my eggs this morning nice. <laughs> that's why you're so jacked and tan 
all that rice. <laughs> all that rice. So it's going to be really tough in a 30 minute episode to cover everything that we, that we covered. But, um, <clears throat> we did talk a lot about food, I would say. And you asked the biggest takeaways is consistency, but it's also the 10 minute walks after we eat. I love the idea of that. I know yeah. that would benefit my stomach and digestion and yeah. everything. Well, there's even ancient Chinese proverbs about it. Like, you know, we, we sometimes don't think that the ancients knew that much because we're, we're the most technologically advanced <laughs> civilization in the world. But truthfully, like they knew their, they knew their stuff. Um, go walk 3000 steps after your meal. I don't know what that is. It's probably around 10 minutes. Um, the science is completely conclusive. It, it helps with insulin resistance. It helps your food digest. It helps cardiovascular ability. I mean, there's so much there. And three 10-minute walks are far more beneficial than one 30-minute walk. So it's just interesting. You just bring that into your routine. You eat, you walk. You eat, you walk. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. I know, it's tough. (laughs) It's super tough. But even like on a date, you know, you go on a double date with some friends. How much nicer is that to be like, hey, let's go eat and hey, let's go for a walk and talk. Yeah. Yeah, so much that. nicer than like, okay, we just went on a date, we ate, now let's go to the movie theater and sit and eat popcorn. <laughs> and Reese's. Ah, oh, Reese's. This is the worst time of year when like the Christmas tree Reese's have come out and then the Easter egg Reese's are coming out. The yeah. football Reese's come out. <laughs> Probably never stops now. That's true. Um, I'm curious, caffeine-wise, <clears throat> um, you had text... Oh, that's a creatine. Oh, no, there's caffeine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious um, what your caffeine takeaway was. Well, so I had actually texted you about caffeine before we even oh, went down there. Okay, so that didn't Because I've just had this, uh, just kind of this feeling lately that I need to, to really stop. Um, and actually, let's... Uh, Let's talk about this. So um, caffeine is a stimulant, and it it can increase performance um, when taken in higher doses. But there's a cost associated with caffeine use. Um, It can elevate your cortisol, uh, impair recovery and training. By the way, this is coming from the textbook that I got from Stan. I'm not just pulling this stuff out of my butt. And um, I won't tell everything that's in this this textbook because – People need to go sign up for Biggs University to go and actually take this course. Um, so it can elevate your cortisol, which is the stress hormone. It can impair recovery from training, and it can cause anxiety. Um, that's more of mine is like throughout the day, I just think about a lot of things, and I do a lot of things. And so I've just been drinking enough caffeine that I think that I could probably. Oh, no. Yeah, I can, I can feel it when I drink yeah. a lot of caffeine. Um, it can cause anxiety. Uh, caffeine can also impair absorption of micronutrients, including calcium. Oh. So when you're drinking too much, it can impair that. They recommend limiting caffeine intake to one to 200 milligrams a day, which would be this energy drink right here. Mm-hmm. That would be it for the entire day. Cool. My problem is <laughs> I continue on after that. Um, this is more sufficient <clears throat> for fueling like a hard leg day and it won't interfere with your sleep. If you're consuming more than four to 600 calories in a day, or you're using it as a crutch to make up for poor sleep or poor recovery, you should cut back. So anyone out there that's using it as a crutch, so 99% of Americans that drink their morning and afternoon coffees, not demonizing that, 
cut out your afternoon coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Now you had also said creatine. So creatine is something that I, I think everybody should be taking. Um, the nice thing with the vertical diet <clears throat> is if you're eating sufficient, uh, red meat, you're actually getting your creatine, uh, through that. But creatine improves your power output during resistance training. Five to 10 grams of creatine per day uh, will probably help you gain a few pounds of water and slightly increase your performance in the gym. We want to emphasize slightly. Creatine is not going to make or break your progress. We did not use creatine when we broke powerlifting records or won bodybuilding competitions. However, creatine is safe, affordable, and effective. So it's just a tool in the toolbox. Mm -hmm. But people don't need to think that all of a sudden, by taking creatine, you're going to completely transform yourself in the gym. What it comes down to is that food, that baseline, that nutrition. Yep, that is the struggle for... I feel like the American culture too. Yep. It's everything, and we had a birthday party yesterday, and and that's fine. I think yeah. it's fine to have a slice of cake. It's just don't like keep eating the cake. <laughs> yeah. Um, another takeaway that I had. It's really funny because you know I, I go down to this with a, a CrossFit background. A lot of people there were bodybuilding and powerlifters, and uh, when we were talking about evident evidence based training guidelines for hypertrophy, meaning gaining muscle. We're talking frequency. I wrote CrossFit off to the side. Volume, CrossFit, effort, CrossFit, mm-hmm. load, CrossFit. Like CrossFit, and it involves so much of what we learned. Um, I They did make a couple CrossFit jokes, though, and, and I had to just smile. And, you know. um, in fact, yeah, Stan said something, and he's like, uh, is there anyone in here that, that, that does CrossFit? And I'm like, yeah, I only own one gym, so it's okay. You can make fun of me. If I own two, then... It would be different. Um, <clears throat> but what I what I got out of this is something that we actually just recently changed at the gym. And that's going from a percentage-based system. Now, it's okay to do some percentage, percentage work. But uh, we're moving more to an auto-regulation style of strength work. So you go to the gym and you're beat up. And then you beat yourself up because you can't lift the amount of weight that you're supposed to lift for the day. Well, that's probably bad on many reasons. One, you're making yourself more unrecoverable. Number two, you're getting more stressed because you can't hit the numbers that you're supposed to hit. And uh, it's just superior to a percentage-based program. So auto-regulation. So like today, for example, we're doing pull-ups, weighted pull-ups. Five or six sets, two to three reps with a tempo and it didn't say go off, you know, 10 pounds more than we did last week or 20 pounds more than we did last week or this percentage. No, it's off of today. Mm -hmm. That might be my body weight. It might be 10 pounds. I don't know what it is, but we're going to auto-regulate and we're going to see. Yeah. I really like the tempo work. I can feel that that's good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now tempo work is great. Um, mostly on, the eccentric movement. So today in that pull-up, for example, the lowering of the weight is four seconds. So you pull yourself up, one, two, three, four, down, hold one, explode up. That eccentric weight, the lowering of the weight, the elongation of the muscles. I'm just trying to think and make sure I'm saying it right here. 
Um, that's what fatigues us. So it was actually pretty cool when we went to Sin City Iron with Stan and Ben. He showed us some stuff for some concentric training. So instead of a lot of, which we do a lot of eccentric work for hypertrophy and for getting those muscles bigger, but he was talking purely strength. I went down and set something up for Michelle because she's been doing some powerlifting competitions and showed her one of the things that, that we learned. And um, it's just completely concentric work, um, which is tough to explain on a podcast, but it'd be fun to um, do like a weekend seminar <clears throat> and, uh, and show that to people. So talking training splits, that was something else that I thought was really cool because we have different people training different things at Teton CrossFit. If you're training twice a week, um, it's best to train your whole body within those, those days, which is really cool because we primarily do that in CrossFit. If you're training three days a week, you have more options. Beginners and intermediates should stick with full body days. If you're already fairly strong, you can alternate upper body and lower body. The nice thing in CrossFit is we're mostly going to stick with thinking as beginners and intermediates because we're not ever specializing into something like powerlifting, Olympic lifting, uh, bodybuilding. We are intermediates our entire CrossFit career. And I'm great with that. Yeah, yeah, totally fine. (laughs) I want to be decent at a lot of things, and I want to be ready for life if someone's like, hey, let's go hike the Grand Teton. It's like, oh, I've been training for that every day because I go to CrossFit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Once we get a little more specialized into, you know, four and five days a week and and those certain things, then you can start to split things up a little bit more. But there really is no point in what we're doing here. Any other questions? Um, no, I was just listening. Now I should have been thinking about a question. No, no, you're good. I was just going to go through a couple more of these pages and just see one thing that we do well here at, at, at Teton CrossFit is, um, we warm up well and that's, um, that's something that is very important to do. Well, and a lot of what, I mean, what I tell people when they ask me, like, why CrossFit? For me personally, I know there's different reasons for everybody, but for me, it's that I just, all I have to do is show up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I need, I need it. The, um, my brain needs that and my body needs that of where I just, I do so many things in a day. It's nice just to, just to show up and know that I have people there supporting me and I have a coach that's going to help me yeah. reach my goals and tell me what to do. And, um, and so I know like, like you specifically, you dive into a lot of things that I just don't dive into. I want someone to tell me yeah. what to do and how to do it, which is awesome because you're going to share this information with the coaches. And anyway, we'll just, yeah. we'll just listen to our coaches. Yeah, for sure. It's very nice. Yeah, we have really good coaches. Um, something never taking away from, you know, the education of individuals, but um, I, I saw it over years in the ambulance and um, getting patient histories and, and that sort of thing um, is blood work. So we talked a little bit about blood work and understanding your blood work. Um, you can you can reach out actually, um, and I'll give you a little bit of information here on something called Merrick Health that Stan talked about, <clears throat> and it's just a basic checkup panel. Uh, to get your blood work done and see where you're at. You want to see where your glucose is, your BUN, uh, your creatinine, your HDL, your LDL, your triglycerides, 
Uh, it's really good to know your uh, hemoglobin, hematocrit, your red blood cell count, your testosterone, your free testosterone, your estrogen, uh, cortisol levels, different things like that. And from those, we can learn a lot of things. Now, we're not doctors at all. Um, but there are certain things that can be done that we can just help with in, in, um, in accordance with, with your doctor and your physician, um, to help with things like high glucose or high blood pressure, um, what to do if your blood pressure actually is high. And, uh, Stan has some really cool, like high blood pressure, quick fix kits, high cholesterol, fix kits and it's not like kits that you buy they're just little protocols that you do to help you with these things and um it's just cool it is it is cool stuff um so if any of the members want to learn more about this well so we had talked about and we're going to start to put this out to members about every month or month and every month or two months we're going to start doing a saturday seminar I thought what would maybe be cool is to start it off with an overview seminar yeah. saying we're going to talk about nutrition and we're going to talk about lifting and recovery and all of these things. Now over the next year, we're going to dive specifically into these things, Yeah. but this can kind of be a model for us of, of where it all begins. And then the cool thing is you see at the end of this textbook, this is all just references references on where the information came from. Yeah. So pretty cool stuff. It was a really good weekend. I love the seminar idea. Yeah. Let's, let's move on that. Oh, and sleep. <laughs> sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one, one thing I was hoping you got a little bit out of. Yeah, we actually didn't talk too much about it. And you know, I have tried a lot of things. You probably know. Talk about. So it's talk, yeah. stick to a schedule. Okay. Uh, create a positive bedtime environment for sleep. Okay. Well, we do need to get some uh, some curtains in there. But I've got those little eye, eye cover thingies. <laughs> Optimize your daily routine for sleep. Um, nap strategically. Manage your stress levels. Practice deep breathing. Take hot showers before bed. Eat carbohydrates <laughs> later on in the day. Try natural supplements like melatonin, magnesium, glycine, and sodium. So okay. some things there. But we can dive deeper into that stuff too, into these uh, monthly seminars that we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So. You ready to go, go do a CrossFit class? Yeah, we're going to go work out. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll uh, talk to everybody soon.